Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan. Today I will be looking at episode 1546 with Evan Haffer, Heffer and Matt Best. This episode was fairly friend simulatory, so I only really have a few things to say. The first of which is that Rogan supposes giraffes are, quote, in the deer family, and this is not true. Uh, like I said, I don't have a lot to talk about in this episode. But giraffes and deer are in the same order, but not the same family. They are both artiodactyla, or even-toed ungulates. This is because they both have hooves and bear their weight on just two of their five toes. So this includes giraffes, deer, pigs, hippos, mice, etc. Giraffes and deer are not, however, in the same family. Giraffes are in the Giraffidae family, while deer are in the Cervidae family. Since giraffes are weirdos, they have to be in their own special family with the Okapi. Okapi are also weirdos, who look like if a giraffe was a horse with zebra legs. Like giraffes, they have dark tongues, lobed canine teeth, which is creepy, and ossicones, which are horns covered in skin which is kind of creepy too, if you think about it. Giraffes also uh, have weirdly shaped skulls. I don't like giraffes, is what I'm getting at. Moving on to other animals that are less creepy and weird like giraffes are. Rogan says that there are more tigers in captivity in Texas than there are in the wild. Now, I did touch on this briefly in my episode on Forced Galante. Rogan brings this up somewhat frequently, However, I will go into it more in depth here, because I really only mentioned it in passing in that other episode. There are somewhere between three and 4,000 tigers in the wild, which is way less than I thought. I guess because tigers are such a famous animal, I assumed there would be more of them. And there used to be more, but in the last 100 years, pretty much all their habitat was destroyed. So they're on life support now. So if there are three to 4,000 in the wild, how many are there in Texas? It's a tough question to answer because there is no Texas Tiger Registry or anything like that. I mean, by now, we've all seen Tiger King. I'm sure you guys all know that the whole industry, the whole big cat industry, is just nuts and everyone involved is crazy. That being said, in 2016, the Feline Conservation Foundation did make an effort to find out how many big cats there are in Texas. And their census concluded that there were 399 big cats in the state of Texas. Now that includes all big cats, not just tigers. So obviously that's a lot less than there are in the wild. But if you go on the internet to look up how many tigers there are in Texas, you will see all sorts of numbers, typically in the thousands, without a source. So where did these numbers come from? Well, it's actually sort of weird. I read an article called Verify, Are There More Tigers in Texas Than in the Wild? Made by WFAA, which is a local Dallas news station. And the author was trying to find out where these numbers come from. So he tracks down someone from the Humane Society named Katie Jarl, who once said in a press release that, quote, there may be more tigers in the Lone Star State than remain in the wild in Asia. So basically he found someone 
who actually had said this, who had put out this number. So he asks her where that number actually comes from, and she straight up tells him, quote, I'm not sure where we came up with that number, and I wouldn't say it's completely accurate, but there's no way we can confirm it. The reason being, there is no database of tigers in the state of Texas. So basically, she made it up. <laughs> I read another article that had further evidence of this problem called Media Claims About the Tiger Population in the United States Are Frequently Exaggerated. It had a story about a student who was trying to find out where estimates for the amount of tigers in the whole country come from, for some paper or other. So she emailed PETA and National Geographic, both of whom had put out numbers, and they told her they got these numbers from the Humane Society of the United States. So she emailed the Humane Society. They told her that they got their stats from the USDA. So she emails the USDA. The USDA said they didn't come up with the numbers, and what info they did have came from the Humane Society. So it formed a weird loop of sources. Basically, people have been making up stats about tigers on the internet for years. But why? Well, I don't really have an answer. I do have an idea, though. Again, as everyone who's seen Tiger King can tell you, there is a lot of money and politics involved in tigers because you can profit off of them. Also, all the people involved in this are totally crazy. So what's probably going on is people who are against tiger ownership are making up these numbers to exaggerate the problem. So how many tigers are there in the whole United States? Well, there are a lot, and while there aren't more tigers in Texas than the wild, there might be more tigers in America than there are in the wild. A study done by Brian Werner of the Tiger Missing Link Foundation in 2005 is basically the most legit source on this you're going to find. And he puts the total number of tigers in the country at 4,692. So it's close, but it looks like America has got the wild slightly beat. Yet another way in which America is number one, and Texas can't take all the credit. It was a team effort to do this. Later on, unrelated to animals, Rogan says white rice is better for you than brown rice. Jamie disagrees and tries to bring up some articles to the contrary, but he is largely ignored. He was actually right, though. Brown rice is actually healthier. <laughs> brown rice is a whole grain, and it has more fiber, vitamins, and minerals. It can reduce the risk of getting diabetes. It can reduce the risk of getting heart disease. And it has antioxidants. So it's not really that white rice is bad for you, it just doesn't have all the benefits of brown rice. However, what Rogan said about brown rice having arsenic in it is also true. So if rice is a really big part of your diet, switching entirely over to brown rice could be a bad idea. But a few servings a week, for instance, should be fine, and you are not likely to get arsenic poisoning. Now, the real problem, of course, is that brown rice does not taste good, so that's why I never eat it. Plus, look at Japan. They're fine, and they all eat white rice. When's the last time you saw someone eating brown rice in an anime? Exactly. 
Exactly. On another health-related topic, Rogan says that you do need to take supplements, and he even makes fun of doctors who say you don't. I believe I've already talked about this in my series on Onnit, but I don't know if I've mentioned it in one of my main episodes, so I will get into it here. According to Harvard Men's Health Watch, which is published by Harvard Medical School, quote, even though supplements are popular, there's limited evidence that they offer any significant health benefits. In fact, a study published online by the Journal of the American College of Cardiology found that the four most commonly used supplements, multivitamins, vitamin D, calcium, and vitamin C, did not protect against cardiovascular disease. Basically, the average person doesn't need supplements. Only certain at-risk people really need them. But, I mean, ultimately it comes down to who you want to believe here. On the one hand, yes, you have Harvard Medical School. But, on the other hand, you have Joe Rogan, who actively shills for a supplement company. So, it, you know, it's up to you who you want to believe. If you have not listened to my three episodes on on it, uh, you could listen to those if you want to learn more about supplements. The last thing I'll mention is also the only really military-related thing I'll talk about, despite the fact that most of the episode they talked about the military. Coffee Guy says, thanks to Trump, vets can see a primary care physician outside the VA, and that this is a good thing. But it was actually Obama who did this in 2014 and allowed for that possibility. Trump simply expanded it with the Mission Act in 2018. This didn't really accomplish that much, though, because apparently since the expansion in 2018, there hasn't been a major increase in veterans getting private care, partially because wait times in the private sector are usually even longer than they are at the VA. So it's actually not as big of a deal as they make it out to be in the episode. After this, they pretty much just give out generic life advice. Uh, if you're depressed and you hate your life and you want to kill yourself every day, uh, you should start a business out of your garage, perhaps by putting a picture of a gun on something. Coffee Guy says that the name Black Rifle Coffee is an homage to his service rifle. Um, which I certainly would have never guessed. I had no idea. I'm not quite sure where I'd rank these guys in terms of cringe compared to Rogan's other ex-military guests. Their entire business is obviously pretty cringe. They laugh about wasting tens of thousands of dollars on espresso machines while they were in the military. At one point, they complain about not getting to bomb people on certain missions, something which they blame on political correctness rather than perhaps a desire to not kill innocent people. However, they also think we should pull out of Afghanistan and blame the whole thing on the military-industrial complex, which is easily the best opinion out of all the veteran guests of the past year or so. Since all of my episodes covering these types of guests end up having this sort of tone, I feel like saying that I am aware that not all veterans of the War on Terror are like this. Especially if you don't live in America, you might not know this. 
But most veterans don't base their whole identity forever on the fact that they were in the military. But the ones who do are the ones who end up on the Joe Rogan experience because they do things like start businesses where they put guns on coffee. But anyway, that's, that's all I would have to say for this episode. Those are all my notes. As I mentioned last episode, I will repeat my announcement here. Next episode will be a very special episode. A Q&A episode. Yes, it is that time in the lifespan of this podcast. I will celebrate the one-year anniversary of Investigate Joe Rogan with a Q&A episode. So if you have any cues, any questions, you can email them to me. You can message them to me on Twitter. You can yell them really loudly out of your window. And I will answer them. Thank you for listening, and I will see you in that episode, which will be next.